0: Hi everyone! Welcome back to Free Verse. Happy 2021! Annie and I are currently in lockdown again, like the rest of the UK, but that's not stopping us from releasing some queer content. This is a bonus special on some trans poets we hold dear, with a reading of two poems in particular, and some shoutouts to some incredible queer Scottish writers. This extra release rounds off with an epiphany that I had, courtesy of one of those iconic Scottish poets. Freeverse is also preparing a special episode for Stanza, Scotland's International Poetry Festival. The festival, which is partly run by our very own co-host Annie Rutherford, is taking place online this year and runs from the 6th to the 14th of March. The festival website is stanzapoetry.org forward slash festival. That's S-T-A-N-Z-A-P-O-E-T-R-Y.org forward slash festival. The program is already live with poets confirmed like Willis Harris, MTS Darker, Naomi Shihab Nye, Nadine Jassat, Roger Robinson, Ink Asher Hemp, Jericho Brown, and The Dead Ladies Show, which is one of our fellow podcasts. Uh, Freeverse also has its own program spot on Tuesday 9th of March from 6 to 645 That particular special episode of Free Verse is going to be fitting within the stanza programme spot for past and present, where we'll basically be talking about some of our favourite poets from the past. And the one we're going to focus on is Scottish gay poet Edwin Morgan. Uh, He celebrated his centenary last year, rather we celebrated his centenary last year. Um, I'm really excited for this one. It's just going to be so good. His poems are so delightful. Really excited to celebrate it! Like I said, Tuesday, the 9th of March, from 6 to 6:45. Uh, tickets are free. Most of the events are free, actually, on the program. Uh, but donations are encouraged to help stanza get through this strange time. The social media for the festival: Twitter at stanza poetry, and the same with Instagram. So yes, you should check out the program and enjoy this very special episode that we couldn't fit into the last one because my notes are way too long and it is something that I am working on, trust. But anyway, please enjoy. So the, we're literally, there's just, this two poems I want to read through. So my flatmate in lockdown handed me this, a collection of poetry by this trans-American poet, trans-feminine poet called Joshua Jennifer Espinoza. It was a collection of their work that was quite long, actually. It was much longer than a normal collection. It was something that I sort of put off reading for a while because like, I just didn't know if I could handle all the gender stuff yet. But I started reading it and there was two poems that really struck out to me. I'm going to read them both through and just give some like brief commentary on them, but I sort of want people to enjoy them as they are. The first one is called My First Love, and content warnings that come with it are gender dysphoria, gender euphoria, and writing in the closet. The second poem, I am draped in heavenly skin, content warnings are around self-harm, again gender dysphoria, transphobia, but also gender euphoria. Annie, I'll let you read them because you're a better reader than me, and I, I will talk a lot. But the only comment i'll give before we get to my first love is just wait till the final line and just mm, and just enjoy it
1: <laughs> my first love my first love was silence i built myself from scratch and no one listened this was the best time of my life I used to carry the clothes to the laundry room and pray for all the fog in the world to surround me. I'd let my thoughts catch rides with the passing planes. All that womanhood caught in the roof of my mouth was like honey. I knew it would never go bad, so I never said a word about it
0: okay 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 that's so beautiful okay so okay here's the thing (laughs) (laughs) the thing with this poem right is espinoza is talking about being in the closet and knowing from a very young age that she is talking about how from a young age she knew that she was a trans woman and so many representations of being in the closet are negative and rightly so rightly so because it's difficult and annoying and frustrating and traumatizing but the thing that struck me about this poem is she's talking about being in the closet from such a young age and doing such mundane things and having these sort of daydreams about wanting to just like disappear like pray for all the fog in the world to surround me I'd let my thoughts catch rides with the passing planes like she seems very untethered and then she talks about how, all that womanhood caught in the roof of my mouth was like honey. And I love that the sweetest image in the poem is about how her transness was just like literally, literally at the tip of her tongue always, but that it wasn't something that upset her. It was honey. It was sweet. It was something that like comforted her that was always intrinsic to her. And I've never heard anybody talk about being in the closet And talking about the way that they sort of found solace in that inner strength and like that inner awareness that they were different. Like that's always Mm. talked about as like, I always knew I was different and that's why it was so hard. Like she's, she's acknowledging that, but she's also saying that was sweet. Like it was a sweet thing that like, I knew who I was and the fact that that final line, I knew it would never go bad. So I never said a word about it. It also gives you this real insight into like, she wanted to protect it. She knew that it wasn't going anywhere and she wanted to protect it. And I just, I've never read anything about gender experience being in the closet that sounds like this, that talks about this experience in this really nuanced way and in such an immediate way and so honest. Yeah, I just, oh, I remember that was a put the book down and stare into space for a five minutes moment when I first read that. Oh, that's the
1: best kind of a poem. Yeah. Yeah. I also I love the start I built myself from scratch and no one listened and that this is the thing
0: trans people they are their own creators like there is such a beautiful and I mean creator like big c creator omnipotent power creator (laughs) like they are their own creators there is this wonderful strength that comes from having that experience and I love that she talks about that I love that she talks about this was the best time of my life, like when when I was figuring out who I was, when I was being true to that. And it's just, uh, it's so rarely yeah. I, I, I hear someone talk about finding themselves in that way. Oh, okay. Next poem. So some content warnings uh, around self-harm, gender dysphoria, transphobia, but also gender euphoria. Take it away, Annie.
1: I am draped in heavenly skin. I... I'm draped in heavenly skin from head to toe. Back then, they said you could never be the girl you know yourself to be. I knew too much about myself to stay alive. I stayed alive. I wrote names on my body with pins, nails, knives, fire, anything that would mark the flesh. This kind of violence is a shrine to itself. The way it touches you without breathing. Thinking. Feeling what is left of me. The songs I sang to keep from sleeping sound like nothing more than rain. I woke up this morning a garden. I took pictures of all my flowers. I was beautiful. As far as I could tell.
0: So with this poem, the thing that I wanted to talk about is... Okay, so it talks about self-harm. And it talks about self-harm in a very glossed-over kind of way. You know, it doesn't Mm -hmm. particularly focus on it. It's more of a detail. Although
1: it's very viscerally there in the moment that it's there, I feel.
0: Yeah. But the fact that it immediately then goes to this kind of violence is a shrine to itself but then I love that moment where everything sort of lifts and she writes the songs I sang to keep from sleeping sound like nothing more than rain I woke up like this it sort of feels like there's this transition <laughs> Pun. there's this transition from like night to day and from like darkness into light and from pain into I wouldn't even go so far as to say self-love because there is a sort of caveat when she says I was beautiful as far as I could tell that actually feels more accepting than self-love. It's like body neutrality. Like I found a way to accept how I am just intrinsically. And it reminded me so much of what Travis talked about when in their chapbook, they write about how they take a selfie before they leave the house to reaffirm that they are who they are and it's the world that's the problem, not them. And I love that, like that same theme appears here where she talks about I took pictures of all of my all flowers, flowers which
1: absolutely
0: yeah it's sort of a metaphor for her I was beautiful as far as I could tell and there's that like it's such a vulnerable moment but such a lovely one where I think it's so it's such a universal experience like everybody knows what it's like to feel uncomfortable in your body whether it's to do with gender or to do with conditioning or body shaming or whatever and I love that she talks about that in such an open way where documents the fact that it was difficult and that there was a lot of self-harm but then there is a movement away from that where you can find more acceptance within that you can wake up and choose actions that are much more affirming I, I don't come across poems very often that deal with that in such a in such a nuanced like honest absolutely way it just felt very yeah it just felt very sincere I'm
1: really fascinated by the opening line and the title that I am draped in heavenly skin from head to toe like that's it's really beautiful and there's a lot like I don't know I feel like there's so much packed in there and on one level takes you to the idea of if you're going to say and obviously I know that faith is a very personal question but anyone who's going to say that we are made in God's image has to recognize that that's all of us. And kind of a little bit like the thing of we are like physically made of stardust. Yeah, we are. And that that is a, cause that's such a mind blowing concept. And it kind of took me back a bit to that idea of like, oh, yeah. Every individual is so amazing and so physically beautiful. But then also the fact that it's being draped, it's also a recognition that this is skin deep, but it's only skin deep. Oh, I love that. Ah, I just feel like there's so much in there, and so much kind of like that's slightly pulling in different directions.
0: It's funny. I read that and I didn't pick up on those nuances, but I love them. I read it and just immediately felt skin isn't gendered. You know, like skin skin is skin. Everyone has skin. Oh, also yes. To I sort of immediately understood it as like someone saying it doesn't matter if I have transitioned or not. I am who I am, and my skin is heavenly. Like I am choosing to Mm. love that I have this body regardless of how other people understand it. But I love, I mean, God, those those connotations are so much better. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I think it's gorgeous. And it really also, good. there's a lovely poem, which some folk will know by Rachel Plummer, who's a, um, a queer poet in Scotland, about the idea of the Selkie, which in, in Scottish mythology is uh, a seal in the sea and you take off the coat your know, coat of fur and you become a human and um Rachel plays with that as an idea of transness and sort of the, se- the secret me as a boy and there's also kind of that of this this idea of taking off a skin and becoming somebody in a mm. way but yeah or putting on a skin and becoming someone um, given the present tense
0: oh I love that oh
1: it's a gorgeous poem
0: Rachel Plummer does bring us on to the the next point which I wanted to make there's Quite a few Scottish and Scotland-based trans poets that I really wanted to talk about, but the problem was I don't speak Scots, and uh, <laughs> I didn't even want to attempt to speak Scots. And the other, like, some of their work is also quite experimental, so that's why I didn't put them in this episode. But I'll probably will end up talking about them in the future. But the few that I wanted to give a shout out to because I just really love what they do, and I think everyone should read them. The first is Harry Josephine Giles, who's an Orcadian, well, they were born in Orkney, raised in Orkney, and have come to Edinburgh and play a lot with Orcadian Scots in their work. And they're just, oh, they're a prolific writer. They're so brilliant. And I mean, just one look at their website and you'll get that. Um, but they also run an independent zine press called Easter Road Press. I would just recommend like checking it out, going on their Etsy page. They sell some really beautiful handcrafted zines. A lot of them have to do with gender, sexuality, queer stuff. Um, and Josie's just a really wonderful writer. Also probably one of the most engaging performers of poetry I've ever seen.
1: And also an amazing like they do so much like they write games, they have done fa- really interesting, they do fantastic queer um tweet bots. Yes! some queer some not so like there's one which is just like every hour it tweets something being like hey do you want to be looking at twitter but like a variation on that <laughs> and there's failure bot which is basically like you were a failure and you are beautiful or like failure does not need to lead to anything else it is beautiful in itself and it's genuinely i found that when i was going through this really horrible phase at a previous work um thing And was feeling, was just having a really horrible phase of anxiety. And it was the most healing thing that I found of just being like, it's okay. It's all fine. It's okay.
0: Oh, I Um, love that. Yeah,
1: everything they do is worth checking out.
0: Yeah, absolutely. The other person I wanted to give a shout out to is Glaswegian based trans poet called Gray Crosby, who I first heard read when they were doing some readings ahead of Andrew Lauder's book launch uh, last year. <laughs> yep. Gray had this poem about going through a breakup and having like a minor breakdown in the shop about Jammy Dodgers which honestly one of the most entertaining ridiculous funny poems I've ever listened to in my life and they, they've I know they've done quite a bit with um BBC Scotland uh like doing some performance poems about what it's like to be misgendered when you're trying to get a haircut and you know really beautiful like spoken word poetry and yeah the other person I wanted to mention was Nat Raha who's a she's just a really wonderful trans poet based here in Scotland at the moment she's one of the creators of the radical trans feminine zine hopefully will join us in episode six about trans POC activism pre-stonewall but yeah she's just wonderful has some really wonderful collections out and would just really recommend Yeah, so I just wanted to give a shout out to them. Is there anyone else uh, you wanted to give a shout out to, Annie?
1: I mean, I think I would repeat the shout out to Harry Josephine Giles because um, I genuinely think they are one of the most exciting poets writing in Scotland today. Vani Capaldale, originally from Trinidad... Technically lives around the corner from me, but is stuck on the other side of a closed border at the moment. Very sadly, and ah, uh, beautiful, beautiful work. Not necessarily like I would say if you are finding your way into poetry, maybe don't start with Vani. Um, it's relatively abstract work, but ah, uh, beautiful. Just one of again one of my favourite poets writing in the present moment, and um, yeah, we've already mentioned them, but Rachel Plummer's collection. Um, Wayne, um, is if you are looking for a book of poetry which people of all ages can enjoy, which um, deals with a whole bunch of different queer themes, it's a really, really wonderful place to start. Um, It plays with Scottish folklore and takes a whole bunch of different Scottish legends and rewrites them with a queer slant and it is beautifully illustrated these amazing watercolors yeah is absolutely good
0: oh yeah I mean I could go on and on I do want to say when I was in a really difficult crossroads moment sometime late last year early this year when I didn't know what I should do about my career I wasn't entirely sure what I wanted to commit myself to Ultimately what it boiled down to was I was sort of afraid to pursue queer studies on a like legitimate, sort of serious academic level. And but I hadn't figured that out yet. And I had a I, I met up with Josie and we just ended up chatting about you know, poetry. Maybe about saying Josie is Harry Josephine Giles. Yeah, sorry, yes. And they said something which actually like changed my life. I haven't told them this, so I hope they don't find out this way. But uh, they told me something that actually like came changed- <laughs> my life, when I was complaining about T.S. Eliot as I am wont to do, and how, you know, I've done three degrees in higher education, and I had to read The Wasteland three separate times, and I didn't know about Audre Lorde or Angela Davis or Bell Hooks until after I finished my PhD, and, like, obviously, partly of that is on me, because at that PhD level like you choose what you read but I had also been very informed by what I had been taught so like yes I acknowledge that I had more like work to do but also like I was a product of my own education and I was so angry about the fact that I had to read The Wasteland three times but didn't know about like these incredible authors who I should have read like when I was a teenager and Joseph just looked at me and was like we don't have to care about T.S. Eliot anymore And I was like, what do you mean? They're like, I mean, we know, we get it, you know, like, yeah, okay. We've had six decades of literary criticism about T.S. Eliot. Like, we're done now. We don't, we don't need any more. So like, why would you feel pressured if you want to do 20th century poetry? Why would you feel like you have to bring in T.S. Eliot? It's been done. It's done. Mm. We don't have to care about T.S. Eliot. And literally, like, I had like a fucking mind-blowing moment of just sitting there being like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Because they're right, and because I was still so angry <laughs> that I had been forced to read T.S. Eliot so fucking often. Like, yes, he was influential. Yes, he had an impact. Yes, some of my favorite poets in the world were influenced by T.S. and they wouldn't exist without him. So I am indebted to The Wasteland in some way, but I don't care. I'm so over having to read an anti Semite three fucking times in the course of my education when I didn't know about so many other writers who should have had that platform. You know what I mean? sometimes I when... have to confess I actually quite
1: like the wasteland <laughs> but I do totally know what you mean
0: it's just like as an example you know um, like just as yeah, an example no absolutely of, like, a white cishet man who has had so much attention drawn to him as like this icon of 20th century poetry in the English language and it's like he lords over everybody else because other dead white cishet men decided that he should and like just having Josie sit there and be like we don't have to care just blew my mind just couldn't get over it anytime i i find myself like fighting against that whole thing of like should i um you know should i make more of an effort to like bring in some canonical writers i just hear their voice being like we don't have to care i'm like you're right you're so right and i think
1: it's a one of the things that i like about this podcast and a bunch of other projects that i enjoy following is like you know what it is up to us to go out and find these voices that have been written out of history um like one of the podcasts that i really enjoy listening to is the dead ladies show where they talk about uh surprisingly enough dead ladies um (laughs) some of whom are remembered some of whom are not and who did amazing things during their lifetime um and like i would just yeah i don't know like if I think if you're in a position to be able to go like okay there are these amazing people and they are not talked about enough Mm -hmm. but you know what Mm -hmm. I'm good at talking then (laughs) you should bloody well do it yes
0: oh that's so good yeah Thank you so much for listening. As I mentioned in the opening notes, uh, Freeverse has its stanza special on Tuesday the 9th of March from 6 to 6.45. You should check out the programme for the whole festival at stanzapoetry.org forward slash festival, Twitter at stanzapoetry, Insta at stanzapoetry. We'll be talking about Edwin Morgan, uh, famous Scottish gay poet, the first Scots macar. Macar. God, I really need to double check how to say that. For now, thank you for listening. We will see you in a short while with that special episode.